Welcome to the Clients and Conversions Podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Clem, and I've helped fellow entrepreneurs and business owners just like you harness the power of social media to grow your audience by the hundreds, 2x their launch sales, and have client leads banging down the door to book a call with you. And I'm the first to say that hustling and searching hours online for your next client or student is not the vital ingredient to your success or even your happiness. This podcast is for driven entrepreneurs, from coaches to course creators and everything in between, to access practical and actionable tactics on everything from how to get clients with Instagram advertising and really unlock the keys from sales and social media to get growth with the simplest tools possible while keeping it just long enough to get you through your walk, drive, or workout. So stick with us for this episode and the ones to come so you can get more clients and sales in less time. Now let's get into it. Now, before we go into the episode, this is sponsored by the Audience Growth Ad Experiment. This is a free guide that I created to really help answer the question of where do I start when it comes to ads, especially around literally where to start. So what I've done is I've actually put the, to the test Pinterest, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram ads all in a way that has pretty much the same variables that I could to see which one's going to get you the most bang for your buck, which means the most amount of results, most amount of leads, and audience growth for the least amount of cost out of your budget or wallet. So I broke this down as best as I could. I made it super simple, but so, so, so helpful for those who are wanting to find out how to go about this, what were the actual results, which platform actually did come out on top, and where to start after that. So get your hands on that. It's going to be at danielleclem.com slash ad experiment. Also in the show notes below, such a good place to start. And also so helpful for those who were like me who wondered, okay, are Facebook ads still the best way to go? This will answer that for you. So I'll see you inside the experiment and let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to today's show. Today we have on Melissa Lynn, who is a business coach helping online coaches start, build, and scale up to six figures. She's also the host of Fierce Business Babe podcast, who has over 80 value-packed episodes at the time of this recording and so much more to come. Welcome to the podcast, Melissa. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here with you. I am too, because for those who don't know, Melissa is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to what she provides online and just is a really great human being. So I'm so stoked to talk to you on here today. But before we go into all the good stuff around sales, launching, strategy, all that kind of stuff, I really want to talk about what was your journey to get here. So if you can tell us a little bit about how you grew up to kind of like what led you to go down this path, it would be awesome. Oh my goodness. Yes. I have quite the story. Uh, it's a little different, but we're going to definitely dive into all of that. And I can't wait to get into it. So let's see, I grew up in a very traditional route. So I'm half Chinese and growing up, my grandparents, they spoke very, very little English. And I, I truly, truly mean this. I'm not even kidding. Um, like I would go to the grocery stores with them to help them, you know, at the checkout station and things oh, like yeah. that. Um, they knew a few words and I kid you not, doctor and husband were two of them, <laughs> the biggest ones. And so they put that into my head at a very young age. And of course my parents did as well, that that was what success looked like. So get a good job, marry someone who can support you and all the things. So I went into uh, school and was always way ahead. Like I was the nerd in school, definitely that nerdy girl. I want to say in high school, there was even a time where 
in the yearbook, it said, it, I think there's a picture of me and it said like math girl. It's, so, it's a whole other story that we can get into, but I was all ahead <laughs> in math and science, figured out pretty quickly that I could not handle blood very well. And so my parents settled for chemical engineering and I went to college for chemical engineering and I absolutely loved it. I love math. I love science, hashtag nerd. And I went into the real world and I started to work my nine to five, which was really more of a five to five. I was working insane hours, 12 hours a day. I was commuting an hour and a half each way and on call all weekend long, going into the manufacturing plants on the weekends, just I was a workaholic and I had what, maybe a week of vacation every single year. It was insanity. And I like looked at everyone else around me and I was like, you know what, is this really it? You know, do I just keep doing this until I'm in my mid thirties and then it's going to get easier. And I started to look around and my mentors, my mentors, mentors who were still there were working just as much as I was like, things weren't going to be changing anytime soon. And so I started to get all these dreams. You know, I wanted to be able to really just give back to the world, start to fund charities, start my own charity at some point, travel six months out of the year. Because at this point, I had never left North America. And I was like, you know what? How am I supposed to do this? My nine to five, it, it can't. Either I, you know, throw those dreams in the garbage or do something different about my nine to five. And so I picked doing something different about my nine to five. And this all started coming up back in 2014, way back in the day. It feels like ages ago. <laughs> and I was actually really into health and fitness back then. I was competing. I had been in quite a few bikini competitions back then, bodybuilding. And people started to come to me through my Instagram and they were asking, how can you help me? Can you help me get to this? And ding, ding, ding something popped into my head. Oh my goodness. I can help this person solve this problem. I can help many people solve this problem. So that's when my first business started. I started my online health and fitness coaching business back in 2014 on the side while I was in my nine to five. And I don't know how, but I was able to do so much of my business work at work. I'm not sure how I didn't get fired. I still got my work done, but I was in my cubicle working on my business, scaled that past six figures and then transitioned a little over two years ago to business coaching because I've just loved it absolutely so much. I truly, truly, truly love helping women find their freedom through entrepreneurship. And so that's kind of my quick story and a nutshell, traditional routes, found a different path and just made it work because I knew there was just so much more out there. And I've just been doing so much since then. I've like literally have traveled the world and there's still so much more, so much more travel to do. And I can't wait until all of this COVID is kind of behind us that we can get out and start traveling again. Oh my gosh. I know. I was supposed to go actually, and I think about like 10 days, I was supposed to go to Bali. So that's unfortunate. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's so hard. I love Bali. I know. It's, it was supposed to be my first time. I, I've been to Thailand and th those other countries, but I haven't been to Bali mm -hmm. yet. But I think what's really interesting from what I gathered from your 
from your story is that no matter which place you're at, you had this really big through line of really wanting to help improve whoever you were helping, whether it be from literally the traditional job of literally helping improve the the (laughs) masses to those who now helping those improve themselves health-wise and then their own business. So I just wanted to point that out because I think that shows for, for you your biggest value or the one that you at least really try and uphold for your business and for your life. Yeah, 100%. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really good thing to mention too, because a lot of times, especially with what's going on right now with the pandemic, is we're (laughs) going to have, I think, a new wave of entrepreneurs come through. And that's going to be really helpful for those who have these good intentions, who have these good values to show up even more. So that way, the ones who have been kind of going through the traditional like bro marketing or just regurgitating mm-hmm. are kind of going to probably fall by the wayside in the next couple of years because people are going to be, they already are, but they're really going to be tired of that quickly. So if you can start to mm-hmm. shift your content, shift your sales strategy, shift all these pieces to really be in alignment with yourself and your clients, you're just going to see so much more of a real result. Yeah, especially with everything going on right now. I mean, the online, just online demand in general is booming everywhere you look. And I'm sure you see this like in your business, you know, like the searches on Pinterest have just gone Mm. through the roof. You know, Facebook is just going through the roof. Everything online is just booming right now. And it's definitely going to be like that next boom for entrepreneurship 100%. I completely agree. And I think that's something that you really good to talk about too, is that the first thing that people have to master pretty much no matter what, if you want to get six figures is client attraction and sales. Like, let's be really <laughs> honest. <laughs> There's no yeah. going around it. And I really like what you stand for when it comes to making sure that you're attracting clients and selling to them in a way that doesn't feel super slimy or scaly and really in a way that's alignment for you. And I love to hear kind of when you have clients who come with you and start and they're like, okay, how do I even go about this? What is the normal kind of process or steps or even questions you take them through to really help unearth what this can look like for them? Yes. Oh, I'm so excited to dig into this with you. Sales is so important and it's something that a lot of entrepreneurs and online business owners just, they don't take the time to work on this skill. And it's absolutely necessary because without learning the skill of sales, you have no sales, which means you don't have a business. You actually have more of a hobby. I I think we want more than just that. And so we really can't become better at sales until we work on our beliefs, our stories, our mindset around them first, because that is going to directly affect how good you actually are at selling, right? If we believe that promoting is bad, what's going to happen? We're going to subconsciously avoid doing it. We're going to procrastinate. We're not going to hop on Instagram stories and promote our programs. We're not going to hop on and talk about our client transformations. We're going to avoid doing it because we feel it's wrong. So we get to work on that first, right? It's like a dog sensing a storm. People can just tell. People can tell if you're hopping on and you don't feel good about something. They can feel that energy, especially on sales calls. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah. A hundred percent agree with that. I mean, I've, I've seen and been on sales calls that have tanked because of it. (laughs) I know. And it's something that we get to continuously work on and improve. Like it's a skill 
hours and hours and hours. You get to just start. You get to start to practice. It's going to feel scary that first time you hop on and that's okay. We get to have fun with it, but we do need to change those beliefs first, rewrite those stories before we work on the strategies. So some of the big common ones that I hear, especially from newer entrepreneurs, you know, selling is bad, you know, selling is sleazy, um, sales, people lie, promoting yourself is rude. And what we really get to do is shift those. And so we can shift those into new stories, such as instead of selling is bad, selling is actually helping, right? We are doing a disservice by not selling because we are not letting people know how we can help them, that we have a solution to their problem that we can tr create that transformation, that result for them. And this is something that I tell myself and my girls all the time is we're being selfish by not selling. We're being selfish by not promoting. We're keeping this to ourselves and that's not fair to the rest of the world. It's a huge disservice. So a few other things, a few other ways we can start to shift it. Um, if you feel that selling is sleazy, turn that around. You are a business owner. You are a salesperson. You are not sleazy. So how do those fit together, right? Promoting yourself yeah. is absolutely necessary to run a business. And the, what I like to tell my girls is imagine yourself maybe pre COVID, but <laughs> like imagine yourself walking into a Nordstrom, walking into a Fred Meyer, or even now like during COVID into a grocery store these stores, their businesses, they're selling constantly. Mm -hmm. Their vegetables are on sale, their fruits, their pasta, every aisle they are selling. We don't think twice about it when we walk in. They're a business. Of course they're selling. They're a grocery store. That makes sense. But we are businesses as well. And so we get to do the same. I sell in my business every single day. Yeah. Every single day I am selling. It may not look like it, but I am selling and selling is way more than just you hopping on Instagram stories, waving your hand and saying, Hey, I'm a coach. Come work with me. There's a lot more to it than that, but you get to sell all of the time in your business. I agree with so much of this. And I think what's really interesting to talk about too, or expand on is that COVID, especially right now, that piece of not selling, I feel like people are really diving into that mindset so much more right now because they're like, oh, I should be giving so much. I should be, you know, trying to do these things. And I do believe like right now is a great time to grow and nurture your audience, but you still need to make money. I mean, unless you just, you know, you don't plan to, which is fine. But for a lot of people, we're here to help transform people. And that starts usually by them investing in your program or your offer. Mm -hmm. 100%. And people are still buying high ticket programs. Mm. I am selling high ticket every single day. I am closing high ticket every single day. My clients are doing the same. People are still buying. And you know, it was really interesting, Danielle, when COVID kind of first happened, and I'm sure you saw this as well, a lot of entrepreneurs kind of froze. They yeah. weren't sure what to do. They weren't sure how to pivot. So instead of pivoting, they just slashed their prices by 80%. They're Gosh. like, here, take all of this, come buy this. They were giving, you know, 30 days of free coaching, whatever it looked like, um, because that was coming from a place of scarcity, a place of fear mm -hmm. of no one was going to buy during this time. And we're, I don't even know if we, I don't even know if I can say we're like halfway through COVID, I know. <laughs> but like, we're in a place where 
a lot of people still do have jobs. A lot of people do have savings. A lot of people have money. They have stimulus checks now. Like people do, are spending money every single day. And so keep that in mind. This is still a time that people are buying, but they don't know that they can buy your stuff if you're not talking about it. 1000%. And I want to say this too, for those out there, because this is actually a really good topic to expand on around this topic of sales is high ticket versus low ticket, because that is a a conversation that is happening so much right now, especially during COVID, but in the general sense of like, okay, should I be trying to create a tripwire? Should I be doing a live workshop? Should I be still promoting my program? Should I restructure my program? Mm -hmm. For you, what do you find when your girls ask you this? What is your response to them when it comes to, should I try and restructure my program? Should I try and create like a smaller piece? How do you Mm -hmm. kind of help navigate that with them? I love recommending high ticket first, especially if you have a smaller audience. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of clients I work with that have less than 200 followers, less than 500 followers on Instagram, and they're hitting 5k, 10k months. You don't need a huge following to really grow your business, especially with high ticket. And the reason I push high ticket first, there's a lot of reasons. A big one is it's just as, and I'm doing like air quotes, so you can't (laughs) audience can't see me, but it's just as easy or difficult, whatever verbiage you want to put around that to sell a $50 program as it does a $1,000 program, a $5,000 program. And so I actually, I love high ticket so much. It's easier for me to sell a $5,000 program than a $50 program, but it's really up to you for what you need right now, like in your life, in your business. If you're wanting to hit 5k months, but not work hundred hours a month, high tickets might be your answer because you can focus on five clients of a thousand dollars and really give them everything as you continue and then expand as you grow your audience a little bit more. Because if you have a small audience and you're selling a $50 program, what does that max look like, right? How big can you really go? How much can you really scale? Usually you want to start with that high ticket. That's what I recommend. Not everyone agrees with me and that's okay. But I usually recommend high ticket first and then expand because what you can do is you can take parts of your high ticket programs and then downsell, right? For Mm. example, if I have a group coaching program that's a higher ticket, let's say I'm on a sales call with somebody and they just can't like hundred percent cannot, cannot invest. They don't have the funds. I can downsell them into the course version or I can downsell them into something else. So expanding your product suite down the road as you continue to scale is definitely a big thing for a big thing to do as well. However, I do recommend having that high ticket first. You're going to love it. Yeah. I promise. (laughs) That's something too that I wish more people talked about, especially if you are under six figure mark or like consistent, like, you know, consistent months like that, Mm -hmm. just because so much of the time, and this is something that I, when I first started, made the mistake of was I was so dead set on like wanting to just have courses, no real, what's it called? Like no real um, clients, these type of things. And I freaking struggled because my audience was super small. I was still figuring out how I wanted to position it, how I wanted to position myself. And it was just a lot more of an uphill battle versus when I had my like first like um, 10k a month, that really mainly came from one-to-one clients in a variety of ways, not all the same offer, but it's because you can sell, like they say, like you say, one person on a thousand dollar, five thousand dollar program versus, mm-hmm. you know, 
100 for 50 or 500 for 50. And mm-hmm. I wish that was talked about more because I actually just brought on a new um, consulting client and she was asking me this about, I really want to create a membership. You know, should I do it? And I was really blunt with her and I said, honestly, with the way, where your audience is at right now and the way that your current business is structured, I don't think so. I think we need to get you some more actual revenue versus the the many steps and hoops that come from memberships like there's actually um, someone really big who's doing a membership launch right now and I have no issues when it comes to what memberships are but for those who are who are not hitting that six figure or honestly close to multiple six figure month just membership sites or those type of things are going to take you so much farther away from Mm -hmm. your goal because you're going to be working so much more. It's like, you can still those six figure months or those 10, uh, sorry, the 10 K months, but in a way that's not working, you know, 40, 60 plus hours a week. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll walk through, like when I transitioned to business coaching, I started of course with one-on-one coaching first, because we know how much I love that high ticket. Mm -hmm. Um, so I started with one-on-one coaching and I was doing one-on-one coaching and with when I reached my 5k month and then also hitting 10k months in that business, I don't think that I no, I know I did not start my group coaching program until I was past the 10k month mark just because I didn't need to. And it really, it does depend on what your goals are, right? If you want to be a workaholic and a maniac on a mission, sure. Go for it. (laughs) That's not me. I am looking for freedom of time. I love my 20 hour work weeks right now. They're amazing. And you get to like put that into your business as well. So there's a reason why I start with one-on-one and then scale into group. Because what's really cool is when you create your one-on-one program for your clients, you can start to, over time, create some of the video trainings for them, mm. create everything you need, and then bundle that into a group coaching program. And it's such an easy transition, very smooth, because you've created everything already. So then you just go in and launch and it's easy peasy lemon squeezy. Um, but it really depends on what you're looking for, for freedom of time, freedom of money. Cause at some point as you continue to scale and grow for you to really scale into the multiple six figures, seven figures, it will take you serving more people. And what that usually means is then getting into courses, more group programs, really scaling so that you can serve the masses. Cause as we help more people, we of course get to bring in more money, which is a one win. Um, mm-hmm. but that's usually a, once you've hit the multiple six figure and moving into the seven figure mark is typically how I recommend. I am right there with you. And I wish that more people, not that they talked about it, but that it resonated more with people because what I find for so many of those who are under the six figure mark is just kind of a almost resistance to wanting to sell more high ticket just mm-hmm. because they're worried about they have the mindset issues or they're wondering who's going to buy. So I think it'd be good for us before we move on to anything else is chatting more about this piece mindset wise of the, the biggest reasons on why people are so resistant to selling high ticket. Yes. Oh, I can definitely relate. I know when I first started in 2014, back in the day, I was so against high ticket when I first started. So I was right there too. I, was in comparisonitis so big, right? I would look at all the other influencers on Instagram who are doing this and they were only charging X amounts. I thought to myself, well, how in the world could I charge that much? Like I'm a nobody. 
da 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 like all of these stories were popping into my head. And of course, I was like, okay, well, I can't charge as much and I need to add more. I need there to be a reason why they would come to me versus that person. And it wasn't until I started to work on my mindset that that flipped, right? We get to know and tell ourselves and believe like you are worthy right now for anything that you want. You're capable of creating that yourself right now. And people will buy. People will buy if you're creating that high transformation because you're the key to help them get there and just break your program down. I love doing this with my girls, like actually breaking your program down. Like I will have people come to me in the DMs, letting me know that they're having issues selling their $50 one-on-one coaching program. I know it doesn't make sense. Oh my gosh. I know it makes no sense, right? But the $50 one-on-one program per month and I break it down with them because if you're doing coaching calls, I'm just going to like, I'm pulling out the math whiz right now. I'm pulling out the nerd. Um, But let's say that you're charging $200 a month for private coaching and you're doing an hour coaching call every week, like just for the coaching calls alone, you're only charging, what is that? 50 an hour. Yeah. And that doesn't even include like, let's say that you're a business coach. It doesn't include all of the templates and all the worksheets or the video trainings you're giving them doesn't include the transformation the incredible transformation you're about to provide someone doesn't include the time that maybe you're boxering somebody like there's so much that goes into high ticket programs where you are very very well paid like it gets to be that energetic exchange yeah right? it gets to be an energetic exchange there's a lot that goes into pricing you know, I spent, I spent quite a few days with my girls with creating their programs, actually about a week creating their programs and their, their pricing, their payment plans, things like that. Um, but it gets to be an even energy exchange. So if you're sitting there and you can relate to this, because I know I was there, if you are sitting there and you're looking at your current clients or client load because you're doing low ticket, but you're just over delivering, if you're low key wanting to pull your hair out or if you're low key resisting getting on those coaching calls like this is a big sign where you get to increase your prices this is a big sign that that energy is not even and so you get to really bump those prices up so that it feels better to you like you better be 120 percent excited to get on those calls and it needs to be enough of an investment for them to do so as well but it all starts with you believing that that's where that mindset shift gets to start is you truly believing it yourself I fully agree when it comes to, well, pricing, like you said, pricing is like a whole nother episode on its own. I shouldn't have even gone in. I shouldn't have gone down <laughs> no, that road. No, it's, it's, so it's totally better. good. But it's because that's one of the biggest questions people have at any time is like, what should I charge? And that's mm-hmm. such a relative question to answer. And that's kind of why too, when it comes to high ticket, so much of it is going to be around your confidence in it than mm-hmm. the actual investment. Because you could sell it for a thousand dollars a month or 3000 or 5000 and it could all be relatively the same like content and uh transformation but the pricing matters for you like if you're not going to be excited about $1000 a month that probably needs to go higher or do something mm-hmm. different and i think that was something that i um noticed so many of my people have a hard time with is the actual willingness and like flexibility to change and move cuz i had it even for some of my Uh, offers where I had a certain price for a while and I was getting to like you said your energetic capacity or like mental capacity of sorts with clients because 
I was having to take on more clients just because it was a little bit of a like average price point. And I realized, okay, if I not only want to scale, but still be happy about what I do, <laughs> I need to jump up. I need to like jump up so I can also hire out some stuff too. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And don't stress about what other people are charging. Like this is all between you and your client. Like as mm -hmm. long as you guys are on the same page, that's what matters. I fully agree. And I think this is something too where it'd be nice to go into the piece about clients and client attraction, because I think the first question is always the, what should I offer? Second question is, where do I find people to buy what I have to offer? <laughs> so I think it'd be really good to hear for the audience around when it comes to trying to find your ideal clients, especially for high ticket clients, how do you help your people to figure out what is the place for them or like places to start for them? Yeah. So you get to really think into your ideal client. And so for every single one of my programs, I have a different ideal client right? My academy is my group coaching program for my newbie coaches, newbie online business owners. That's a very different ideal client than my higher six-figure mastermind, helping women get to 10K months um, consistently. And so we get to think about your ideal client. Where are they hanging out? Like what kind of Facebook groups is your ideal client for this new program that you're putting together? Where is she hanging out at? What does she do during the day? What are the TV shows that she's watching? What are the pages on Facebook that she likes? What magazines does she read? What books does she read? You get to know her like your BFF. And as you get to know her more and more, it's gonna be so easy to come across her, right? You're gonna be in the same Facebook groups and then you're gonna to start to share content that really resonates with her. You're gonna story tell about how you went from A to B and how you know how hard it was at that point A spot. You know, do you feel this too? Does this relate to you? Does this resonate? And it's gonna start to draw them out to you, but we've gotta find them first. So really dig deep into who she is, where she hangs out, what she likes, what are her interests, or his, I, I keep saying her, but, or him. It's okay, it's primarily gonna be her. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you really get to know her in and out. Where is she? Where does she hang out? For example, right now it is Tuesday, two in the afternoon. My ideal client, well, during COVID right now is at home, probably working from home. But like if it wasn't COVID, like they'd be at their desk, wrapping up their work day, checking their email, going to the bathroom, checking their Instagram messages. Like I know my ideal client so well in and out. I can spot them a mile away. <laughs> well, that's the thing is that you need that, especially once you're trying to do high ticket, because this is something I talked about, I think yesterday or two days ago, around how important it is to be like so scarily specific on your people, but also where they're currently at in their, the thoughts they're thinking, the emotions they're feeling, the situations they're at, because when you're able to use that and communicate that in your copy mm -hmm. and your content and just know it, the ability to then convert them is just so much easier. Yes. Yes. 100%. Especially as you continue to let them know, like you were in their shoes once as well, you know exactly how they're feeling. The more that you can relate and connect the better, right? Sales is all about connection. It really is. And that's something that for a long time, especially when I was first doing courses and stuff, I was like, I just need to become the like authority of the how-to content and the value-packed content. And for a lot of people, that's not really what converts your clients. Like I would mm -hmm. say almost all of my one-to-one -one clients 
at least for done for you side, done with you are kind of a mixture. They're a mixed bag of people. But for done for you specifically, a lot of those people come from podcasts or they come from referrals or they come from um, being on my list for forever and then deciding to. But none mm-hmm. of them have said that that value piece got me there. It's either going to be testimonials or a story or like it's finally the right time for them. But I just find that so many people focus too much on the how-to, the val- like that piece versus doing more of stories or stories of yourself and stories of them, of like where mm-hmm. they're at, where they want to be and everything like that inside your content. Yeah, I want to touch on that for a minute because I can definitely relate. I'm, I'm such an educator. Like I'm a coach. I love teaching. I love sharing all the value. And there's a time in my business, probably about a year and a half ago, where I, maybe two years ago, I kind of lost sight of that. I was just putting out so much value, mm-hmm. which is amazing, right? Like all I do is give value because your value is your pitch. But I had lost that connection piece with my audience, yep. right? My audience for a little bit, not anymore, but for a little bit, didn't know like what would make me laugh. Mm. They didn't know what my favorite boy band was, which is Backstreet Boys, by the way. If any of you audience members love them, come creep on me. We're best friends now. Um, Or like what my favorite TV show is. Like they need to, and they get to relate with you on a human level as well, because they're not likely to actually take your education and put it and implement it and put it into action unless they trust you as a human first, as a friend. And so you get to really share that, like my cat, my one-eyed cat, I love her to death. I'm obsessed with her. Danielle and I were talking about her before <laughs> started this episode. Um, and people know that like my cat ladies, they're in my, they're in my corner. And when they're ready, when my cat ladies are ready to hire a business coach, it's going to be me because they trust me because we're on that level. Well, that's the thing too, is that I think so many entrepreneurs especially get into that I think same piece around either going the two routes of either too professional or like too how to too value packed and not really too much connection or super personal like hyper personal and not really enough value to then show the credibility or the authority so there definitely is a balancing act there but it's the reason why that phrase the like know and trust factor is still so relevant today because we need those pieces. It's, it's like, you're basically trying to date someone and that really comes from them knowing you and trusting you. Like, I'm not going to go on a date with someone that I don't trust or that I at least don't like. I mean, I know them fully yet, but I, that, and I think if you come from that approach, it makes your life easier. You're not as stressed. I would say about like, what should I say? Or what should I do? Because you're just coming from a space of, okay, have I really helped them know more about me today? How I help them know, trust me more today or like me more today. And going from that, I think helps so many more people. Yeah, 100%. I agree. That like, no trust factor is huge. It's not going away anytime soon, ladies. So get working on the like, no trust factor. <laughs> right. So one last thing I want to go into when it comes to the content, especially during this like COVID time is when it comes to what we're seeing on social media, have you kind of helped people to see what is kind of like the best topics or thing to be shifting into right now when it comes to you're still wanting to sell your high ticket, you're still wanting to attract people, but maybe the content you're creating a month ago, two months ago, isn't connecting as well because their mindset has shifted or their financial place has shifted. How have you kind of helped your 
clients to really understand, okay, what should I be saying now topic wise or content wise that'll mm. still help them get there? Yeah. Oh, I love this question. So again, we get to think about our ideal clients, what's going on in her head. So for example, pre-COVID, my ideal client was in her nine to five and wanting to leave her nine to five and scale her business. Now during COVID, my client, like she wants to start her own business. It's not even about her nine to five anymore. Mm -hmm. So it's shifting the messaging to what they're going through, what they're feeling It might not be different pre-COVID versus right now during COVID for your ideal client. It's going to depend, but we really get it, really get into their heads. What are they thinking? What are they feeling? What's going to be best for them right now in this moment? And you may not have to make any changes into your business and that's okay. However, be open to pivoting if you need to be open to adapting if you need to, like I have my entire sales calendar for the rest of the year put together. However, I am open to pivoting if I need to and adapt if I need to so that I can serve more and more people if something else happens down the road. And I want to say too, when it comes around this piece, like you said, for it really depends on your ideal client and the offer you're trying to sell because like you said, your ideal client is going to be different depending on the offer you're creating. So for your people, they're going to be in their nine to five. That might not change too much. For someone who's maybe like a full-time coach and their people are like their actual clients are slowly dwindling from COVID because maybe they can't like financially invest. That's going to be where you need to really make sure that the content shifts to focus on their mindset piece too. Mm-hmm. So I want to put that out there because that was something too that I noticed was a huge I would say obstacle (laughs) for a lot of people with content is that you're creating content based on what you hope might work and that what you kind of have seen work versus, okay, what's actually going to help move the needle for them. That's going to be related to my actual ideal client for this specific offer and not just like the general. Yeah. Do market research like crazy ladies market research every single day, market research. (laughs) Yes, a hundred percent. And I, I wish people, it's not a sexy topic, market research, but it's so important. And I, I need to find someone who has like a really good, like fun way of talking about it. But I just find that market research, you can't, you can't negate it. It's, it needs to be in your business. You need to be doing it often, not because you're trying to like just check off a task, but because if you can use their marketing language, it can use what they're going through you're going to be so far ahead of other coaches who are in your same niche. Yeah. We do market research every single day in our business. And um, I'll just throw out a a few quick ways that you can do it. Like our Facebook group, you've got to answer three questions before you can come in Mm -hmm. before any of my free live trainings, anything I do coaching threads, it's high vibe, high value in there. Before you come in, you need to first off, tell me where you are in your journey and what your biggest struggle is at the moment. Like, that is market research. That is gold right there. Gives me content ideas. I can speak their language, use the exact words they're using. Um, other things, using the questions box on Instagram stories once a week. Boom, easy, right there. Two easy ways for market research. Yeah, and I love that piece for, for Facebook groups. Like, and If you don't have one, it's not make it or break it, but it's so helpful for market research. When I had mine, 
I mean, I used the same thing. I had three questions there. I think I had two for market research and then one for like, if you wanted the free guide to get them on my list. So it was kind of a market research slash list building thing. And yeah. I just, they're great. I have my own thing. I haven't felt the need to go back to doing my Facebook group. But for those who it feels aligned to, to have a container of ideal people, you really are going to get so many benefits from it. And even that, if you don't have a Facebook group, use the, the, the questions feature and also go into other people's Facebook group, use a search bar and type in the mm -hmm. topics that you currently offer or talk about because you're going to find questions on them that you can use or content on that that you can use. Yes, yes, 100%. And as Danielle mentioned, there's no right, no wrong. Facebook groups are necessary. I'm very pro Facebook group. Um, there, I mean, there, it's an investment in, for you though. It's, mm -hmm. there's a time commitment, there's energy you get to put into it, but at the end of it, it definitely pays off. I get a lot of my clients from my Facebook group because you're just, you're nurturing them over and over and over, but it's definitely not make or break. And I think it depends too, if they have a container already, like for me, my podcast is a huge container for, and my email <laughs> list. So I really think that Facebook groups can be really helpful. I'm personally an experiment-based person. So I'm experimenting with other marketing strategies currently um, that once once I get the results from them, I'll let you, I'll share it to the public. But I think it's really helpful for those who are just starting out to have a solidified place to take your people, whether it is your podcast, whether it is like a video show or a Facebook group, you need something that's going to be there for them. So that way, whether it's a literal pandemic going on or it's just regular day to day that you, they know you're going to show up at this time or on this day. Yes, 100%. Create some type of community for them, whether it's your email list, podcast, something, 100%. Yes, exactly. Cool. Okay, so we went over so many good things, but I do want to be mindful of your time and go into our rapid fire round. So for this, it's about four to five questions. It's the first thing that comes to your mind and Oof, just a okay. great way for audiences to like <laughs> learn more about you and just kind of like what gets you, what is in the mind of Melissa? So are you ready? Um, yes, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. First question is favorite book you've ever read or currently reading? Ooh, my favorite book. Oh, it's so hard to choose. I'm going to say, uh, oh, four hour work week, mm. Tim Ferriss. It's probably my first business book I ever read. I'm low key obsessed with you, Tim Ferriss. <laughs> That's amazing. I love that. Okay. What is your favorite word or phrase that you use daily? Ooh, oof, oof, oof. I say holy cannoli a lot. I don't, I don't curse very often. Yeah. Um, that's a phrase you hear me say a lot on Instagram stories. I know it has nothing to do with business or anything in general, but that's a phrase I use every single day. <laughs> that's great. I love that. Okay. What is something you're not very good at or looking to get better at? I got my sailing certification last year and I want to get better at sailing. Oh my gosh. I, that's amazing. It's very fun. It's I'm happy easy. that you like it because I don't think I could do it. The, the rocking motion would be too much for me. But I like that you mentioned having a personal thing there too, because especially during COVID right now, I'm noticing for even for myself that I'm trying to add in more personal, just things try out like, I think I'm going to try out calligraphy soon. I tried out watercolors. Not really my thing. I can't seem to figure it out. Um, but just trying out things that are personal help you yeah. in your, like yourself and really round out you as a person. So I love that. Yeah. You're more than your business ladies. 
Yes, exactly. Okay, last two questions. So what is one char- characteristic that you believe every entrepreneur needs to have? Curiosity. Mm, yeah, agreed. Last question, favorite one is what does success look like to you in your own eyes? Oh, I love this question. Waking up happy every single day. That truly is like, that's what success looks like to me. If you can wake up and you're just so happy in life, like that's success. It's not the money. It's not where you're living. It's how are you feeling on the inside? That's so good. I love when people answer that with like feeling or emotion because that's what's when that's what's gonna take you throughout your life versus just milestones. Mm-hmm. 100%. Oh man, that was that was spicy. I'm over here like on the edge of my seat. Like I, <laughs> I try and keep them short and sweet as much as I can, but it's it's spicy. It's really nice to go into a little bit deeper than just the traditional business questions. So I, I love, love it. That there. It's fun. I love it. Okay, so I want to say for those who are like, I need more of Melissa in my life. I need more of you. Can you give them places on where they should find you out? And also, what are some current things you're working on to give the audience a little taste on what they can look out for? Yes, come creep. Come hang out with me on Instagram. My handle is at the Melissa Lynn. And then my website is pretty easy. It's just themelissalynn.com. So those are great spots. I have a podcast as well, all on my website. And then what are we working on? We are about to launch one of our signature programs, Five Figure Launch. I've got some freebies around it. So come creep. You'll find it over on my website and things like that. Amazing. And we're going to link everything down below so you guys can find her, which I really recommend you do to just help you get in a better place mindset-wise and money-wise for your business. (laughs) So there you guys have it. Thank you so much, Melissa, for coming on. I'm so grateful that you're able to share your expertise and also help people to start reframing how they see themselves and their business. Thank you. I had a blast. Thank you. And I'll talk to you guys on the next episode. Bye guys listening to today's episode i am so excited that you were able to go through it and get some actionable tips out of it for next steps make sure you go to danielleclem.com slash ad breakdown to get the complete ad breakdown around what one insta ad did to help create 559 client leads and 20 percent sales increase and launch make sure to go ahead there to do that and DM me at I'm Danielle Clem to go in deeper to the conversation. And last but not least, make sure to leave a rating and review so that this podcast can get out to more amazing people like yourself.